being transformed. And I want to talk about being different than last year. It's easy to get caught in a rut. Well, we did that last year. Or we, we, we did this, you know, and it worked the year before. But you don't have to always say the same. Saying the same is good. But sometimes you got to do new stuff. Sometimes what you did last year doesn't work. In your personal life, some of you are saying, I need a financial miracle, Pastor, in my life this year. And uh, I would hear the Lord saying, you need a budget this year. And, and the deal is, because sometimes we want to live like the Joneses live next door. But we don't make what the Joneses make. And so, you know, it's all about perspective and how we look at it. Sometimes we ask God for miracles when God's saying, I've given you the miracle. I've blessed you. You just need to be better stewards. And so this year I want to talk about being better stewards in this series to come and today. And today we're going to be better stewards. We're going to, everything we do, we want to do better. Actually, 2016, the number 16 in Hebrew means Yod Vav, which signifies the joining of hearts of two as one. The joining of two hearts as one. That's what 16 means in the Hebrew. So 2016, I want to show more love than this church has ever shown to this community. I want to go out and do bigger and better things than we've ever done before. I want to give away more personally than I've ever given away. It don't take much for me to live. I want to bless more people this year than I've ever blessed in my life. I, I believe that this is going to be a year of blessing for you and your family. That's what I'm believing. I want you to receive that today. So 2016 means love in Hebrew. 2017, you don't know what that means? 17 means Yad Zayin or victory. And I believe that you can't have victory without love. Jesus paid the ultimate price of love so that we could have victory in our lives. And I'm believing that this year, as we set a path of love in our community, as we set a standard of love in this city, God's going to give us greater victories as a church than we've ever seen in our life. I'm believing that you personally, there's loved ones in your life that you've been believing God for. I believe that this is a year going into a year of victory. I want you to start praying and loving those loved ones like you've never loved them before. I want you to do things for them that even when you're mad at them, just, just bless them. Just do something above and beyond what you've ever done for them. And just believe, God, that as you plant seeds this year, your seeds are going to come to fruition and that you're going to reap a harvest of victory like you've never reaped before in your life in the year to come. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, Paul lists 16 characteristics of love. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not arrogant. Love does not act unbecoming. Love does not seek its own way. Love is not provoked. It does not take into account a wrong suffering. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. In other words, with love comes faith. Love hopes all things. Well, hope is faith. Love endures all things. And love 
never fails. I want this to be a year of love for your life. I want you to fall in love completely with Jesus all over again. I want to challenge you as a church. Pastor Jennifer, where are we putting the daily Bible at? It's going to be on our Facebook page every single day this year. You can go the U version starting tomorrow. And uh, we'll have the U version on there. You can go there and read your daily Bible every single day. I want to challenge you. Fall in love with Jesus all over again. Fall in love with God this year all over again. And see what he does for your life. See how it transforms you. See how it changes you. And so all of our staff at all of our campuses across all of the cities that Triumph represents We'll be reading the one-year Bible together. There's power and unity. I want you to join with us in this. And I want you to read the same verses we're reading every single day. Read your proverb a day. Read, read your New Testament. Read your Old Testament. And just sink and get in the Spirit with us. And in unity, we're going to watch God transform our city and our families together. Sound good? Okay. So can y'all do that with me? Yeah. Every day. Some of you say, well, I'm going to make it my New Year's resolution, Pastor. We don't need res resolutions. We need solutions. And I'm telling you, if you will make this your resolution, it will give you the solution for all the problems in life that you're having. We need New Year's solutions, not resolutions. Uh, I am getting more organized this year than I've ever been. I, am making, I have set times in my day where I pray and I study. And I've made a commitment to not getting hijacked by no one this year. That is God's time. Don't let people hijack your hour with God. Now, there's emergencies that happen. But don't let just anyone walk into your room and walk into your life and hijack the time that you've set apart for God this year. Don't let your year... What happens is we make these resolutions and we let them get hijacked. Well, my dad got hijacked by Easter. My dad got hijacked by Christmas. My dad got hijacked by New Year's Day with the black-eyed beans and the, and, the, and the cornbread and the ham and the sweet potato pie, praise God. Don't let your New Year's resolutions get hijacked. Set them in stone. We're going to start off again with 21 days of fasting and prayer. Why, Pastor? Why fasting the first month of the year? Because we give the first things in our life to God. And to, this year's no different. We're going to give him the first month. We're starting on the 10th. You start with me. Now, I'm not asking you to do a Daniel's fast this year. Look at your neighbor and say yes. So you don't have to eat green beans for 21 days. You can eat meat. But I'm asking you to give up something that is important to you. I'm asking you to give up something that you just can't live without. For my wife, that might be coffee. Oh, the Holy Spirit just spoke to her. I saw it. <laughs> I drank your last sip every morning and make you mad anyway. You might as well give it up. And uh, I do it on purpose. Because <laughs> I like forgiveness. <laughs> but... But give up something that means something to you this year. If, if, uh, if soda pop is your vice, 
Give up soda pop for 21 days. You might feel better. Take your Coca-Cola, clean your battery terminals instead of your insides. <laughs> and, uh, you know, give something up this year that means something to you. I'm going to give up all sugar, all sweets, and all soda pop. That's what I'm giving up for 21 days. And then the last three days of the fast, I want you all to come together with me. And I want you to do one of three things. I want you to fast one meal a day. I want you to fast two meals a day. Or I want you to completely fast for the three days. Whatever level you're on, I want you to do that, okay? No pressure. But everybody can fast a meal a day. Now, if you don't eat breakfast, don't fast breakfast. <laughs> that is not a sacrifice. <laughs> That's like me giving my last cat to Jesus. It's not a sacrifice. That dog I had when I left Nederland, I left him with the neighbor. He loved him more than I did anyway. That wasn't a sacrifice to sacrifice that dog to the neighbors. But I'm telling you, sacrifice something that means something to you. And uh, I like to eat. I'm going to give up food for three whole days. That's no big deal for me. I've done it for weeks at a time. But give up something that means something to you. If you are hooked to TV, give it up. See your life change in 21 days. Read books. It's amazing what you can find in a book. It will change your life. So I'm believing that 2016 is going to be the best year you've ever had. We're going to start off with prayer. We're going to start off with fasting. And we're going to start off with faith. Believing God for new things. And uh, new things are going to happen. I'm going to get into the word today. I want to talk a little bit about Saul slash Paul today. And uh, his life being transformed. What's wrong, Sharon? Oh, <laughs> you did something. <laughs> so uh, I thought my mother-in-law was giving me signals over here. Open your Bibles to Acts 9, 1 through 8. Jimmy, my water, Snoop. Thank you, buddy. Everybody there? Right before Acts 9 and, and Acts 8, Paul is part of this Saul actually is part of this plan where Stephen goes into the temple and he's raising three kinds of heck and he's telling off the Pharisees and the Sadducees and Stephen's telling them, you know, that they've missed some stuff and he says, I can see Jesus right now sit at, sitting at the right hand of the Father and they, they drag him out and Saul commences along with his band of guys, they stoned Stephen. And... Um, we're going to pick up in verse 9. I mean, chapter 9, verse 1. It says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus. I want to go back to those first couple words. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder. It was his breath. It was his life. It was who he was. Saul was a very evil man, a very religious man who, who loved to kill those who, who went against the standards of the day and went against anything that the high priests or the Sadducees or the Pharisees were for. He, he, was, he was their God to take care of problems in the church. And so Saul being this man who, who breathed in hatred, who breathed in killing, who breathed in threats, it's just, it's who he was. It's who, what he stood for. 
he goes to the high priest and he asks for letters to the synagogues at Damascus because that's where the other disciples were. So that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, who you know who the way is? Jesus is the way. He might bring them bound to Jerusalem. He wanted to do the same thing to them he did to Stephen. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Isn't that, isn't that hilarious? Who are you, Lord? Is it, is it really you? Are, are you questioning me? I'm Saul. I'm serving you. I know I breathe threats. I know I breathe murder. I know I breathe all these things, but I'm doing it in your name. I'm doing it for you. And, 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 and let's, let's look at what he says here. And he said, he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, Jesus is dead at this point in time and resurrected. They've killed him. He's now resurrected, and he's now in heaven. But Saul believes him to be dead. He believes he's totally done with. It's, it's over. They've hid the body, and that, that it was all just this hoax that they put together. And you imagine the surprised look on his face. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, I bet. Hearing the voice but seeing no one, Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. Now, I'm sure they're meaning when he opened his eyes, he didn't see anything. In other words, he, he opens his eyes and he's blind. But, but I took it as something else. And although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. See, in this moment of Saul's blindness, his eyes were actually opened more than they'd ever been opened in his whole entire life. He had an experience on that road that was about to change his life forever. It changed his makeup. It changed how he breathed. It changed how he acted. It changed everything about him. It was a life-defining moment that he would never forget. Have you ever felt like you just couldn't see where you were going even though your eyes were open? You were just kind of clueless about, well, God, what's the next step for me? Well, God, where do I go from here? God, what do I, I do from here? And, and some people just choose to kind of relax and, and sit back on that. And they just sit there and they wonder why nothing happens. They wonder why they go nowhere. But see, it says in my Bible that faith without works is dead. skip ahead a little bit. It says in James 2, 17 through 18, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. You know, the Bible right here says talk is cheap. That, that's what the Bible's saying. Talk is cheap. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. As my friend Lindsey Clark would say, boom, 
mind bomb blown right there. And I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, faith without works is what? Dead. We wonder, God, why can't I go to this next place? Why can't I see where I'm headed? Why can't I see what I want to do? Why can't I see the plan that God has just for me? And we just sit there and we wait. Jesus, open the door for me. That's what we ask. Jesus, open this door. I need a new fresh door to walk through. Jesus, open this door. I need a new job. Jesus, open this door for me. I need more money. Jesus, do this, do this, do this. And we ask all these questions. And Jesus is saying, I am the door. I'm just waiting for you to walk into me. This year, I want to challenge you. Let Jesus be your door. Walk to him and watch everything else that you've been waiting for open up. Because faith without works is dead. Let me show you my faith by my works. That is what we've done as a church this year. Everything we've done. Going to Kids Harbor. Did we have money as a church to go to Kids Harbor? Not really. We did it anyway. Let me show you my faith by my works. I gave away a couple hundred dollars this Christmas. Did I have a couple hundred dollars to give away? No, I really didn't. But I did it anyway. You know why? Because I'll show you my faith by my works. Because I believe in a God who I can't outgive. I believe in a God that when I give to him, he gives it back a hundredfold. I know who I am in Christ. I don't get worried about little things that happen no more. I don't have a spirit of fear. I don't get afraid. Do you ever wonder why they, they, they say in 2 Timothy 1.7, we do not have a spirit of fear, but a sound mind? Fear is a spirit. Did you catch that? Fear is a spirit. There, there's, there's two kinds of spirits in your life. Let me tell you right now. There's, there's demonic spirits, and then there's the Holy Spirit. And, and you choose which spirits you're going to hang around with in life. And so you can adopt a spirit of fear, and you can operate in a spirit of fear, and you can walk in a spirit of fear, but God doesn't want you to do that this year. God has bigger plans for you. He has better places He wants you to go. He has better places he wants his church to go. He wants you to walk in his Holy Spirit. And we walk with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how do I walk with the Holy Spirit, Pastor? The best example I ever heard of how you walk with God every single day was by Bill Johnson in his book. It's called In His Presence. If you haven't read it, read it. I challenge you, read more this year. Read more. It'll make you, make you more educated, make you fun to talk to, and the whole nine yards. Reading is a good thing. But in his presence, Bill Johnson says, Bill Johnson says, if you want to keep the Holy Spirit with you all the time, this is how you do it. You treat him like the dove that he is. When you have a dove on your shoulder, if you walk around, walk around real carefully with the dove, he might not fly away. If you do stuff with the dove, he might not fly away. He might, though. So how do you keep the Holy Spirit in your life every single minute of your day? Well, it's very easy. Every single minute of your day, in every step that you take, you do it with the dove in mind. Everything you do, you do with the dove in mind. Every move you make, every step you take, 
You do it with him at the center of your mind. Everything you do involves and revolves around the Holy Spirit and around God. So, as a church, I want to challenge you this year. As we walk, walk with him in mind. As you go out into your neighborhood, go into your neighborhood with him in mind. As you sit down to dinner, don't forget to pray over your food. Do it with him in mind. If we would do everything that we do in life with him in mind, it would transform the way we live. It would change everything that we do. Number one reason people don't accomplish anything for God in their life is because they're afraid they'll fail. Number one reason you don't get stuff accomplished in your life is you're afraid you'll fail. And so we can no longer have a spirit of, of, of failure in our life. It's not an option this year. We, we operate in love and we operate in success. Look, Jesus will save you. He will fill you. He will transform you. He will renew you. He will love you. He will guide you. But one thing he will never let you do is fail. One thing he will never let you do is not make it. He didn't set us up to fail. He set you up to win. Every step that you take, he wants you to win in life. You'll think, well, man, I, I'm having a bad week. Well, Jesus knew you were going to have that bad week, but he's got a, an exit strategy. He's got a plan with you in mind. He's got things in your life that he wants you to be able to walk into, and he has good things ready. The doors are already open. You just have to embrace him and ask him, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Ephesians 5, 14 through 17, it says, For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best of use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. That's our biggest, biggest problem in life, is we don't understand what God's will for our life is. Because we don't ask. We have to ask. And then we have areas of our life that we say, well, I just can't conquer this area of my life. Well, put it out in the light. It says if you put it in the light, it'll be visible for all to see. If, it, if it's hidden and it remains in the darkness, then it'll hinder you forevermore. And it'll always be a problem in your life. I don't care if it's smoke. You sneak around a corner for, 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 for just to smoke a cigarette. You want to quit smoking? Hand your pack to your wife. She'll help you. If you, and I'm not saying smoking's a sin because I really don't, I don't believe it's, it's totally a sin. I believe that we got to keep our temple pure and holy. But I think there's other reasons that cigarettes kill you. That's all the drugs that are sprayed on them and everything else. But the deal is it's just not, it's not good for you. We know it's not good for us. And, and there's little things in your life like, or big things in your life that may be pornography or maybe something else. You've got to expose the darkness in your life. Bring it to the light for the whole world to see. And once it's in the light, you can get help with it. God wants to help you. But if you never ask him for help, he can't help you. Now, I know I said the bad word in church. But I'm telling you, there's areas in your life that God wants you to succeed in, even in private. If you're living with your girlfriend, go get married. If you... It, Set yourself up to win this year. Don't prolong it. 
Don't put it off. Do the things that God has set us up to do. Keep yourself set aside, pure and holy, and acceptable to Him. Isn't that what the Word of God says? Pure and holy and acceptable to Him. We wonder why, Lord, why don't you accept my offering? Why don't the windows of heaven, like your Word says? Because we don't do the acceptable things of the year. This is the acceptable year of the Lord, and He wants you to walk into it. Don't do the things that aren't acceptable. Say, you know what, this year I'm walking in a new light. God wants to bless you where you're at. I'm going to give you my Joel Osteen now. God wants to bless you where you're at. He's got a bright future he's going to take you to. And I'm telling you, all that thing is, all that is the truth. And I love Joel for that. If you want to get pumped up about your day, start listening to Joel. I mean, that guy's got it going on. But God wants to take you somewhere special. But I'm going to tell you the bad side of it too. You want to get there? Do the acceptable things. There's acceptable things and there's things that aren't acceptable in your life. And if you keep living in sin and going down the wrong road, the blessings of heaven can no longer continue to be on you. So what the Word of God says. I want the blessings of God on my life. So Saul became Paul. He has this experience, and he, it's, it actually doesn't say that they changed his name. It's like Saul, who was also known as Paul. And uh, he kind of had two personalities going on there for a while, I guess. But, you know, some of us had that problem, too. And uh, my kids will tell you, I can be mean. I give them that eye. They know they're in trouble. Not as mean as their mama, though. Ask Colby. Y'all heard about that story, huh? For y'all that aren't in the know, we went to the theater the other night. Colby's, uh, here, stand up for me, Colby. Looking all GQ, you know, leaning against the theater wall. Got his little Elvis twitch going on. And uh, so he's, uh, he's, uh, he's leaning up against the wall, and he's got, you know, stand there, you know, cool Modi. Got his groove going. This 17, 18-year-old girl walks up. Says, man, you sure are cute. In fact, you're hot. Can I have your number? And I mean, she's, she's kind of stuttering when she says it. You know, she's a little, little nervous. She's probably 17, 18, real pretty girl. And uh, she hands Colby her phone. Colby takes her phone. He's going to give her, we're calling him DC Colby now, Digit Colby. He's going uh, to give her his digits. And he starts to enter him. And about that time, Mama Bear <laughs> kicks in. And Jen goes, no, you don't. You don't get no strange girl your phone number. And that girl, I mean, it was like, I don't know if she was a, a devil or an angel or whatever she was, but she like disappeared and vanished in thin air. Boom. She was gone. Poof. And I looked around. She's just gone. I'm like, where did she go? And I'm, I had to look at Colby's hammer saying, make sure she didn't leave her phone, you know. But uh, she was gone, and Mama Bear stepped in and said, no, you don't. That's my 15-year-old baby. He don't need no girlfriend. And anyway, everybody, and the bad thing is, there's 30 people in line waiting to get in this movie behind us. About 30 people, they start applauding. <laughs> 
<laughs> and one lady, she's got a four-year-old and a two-year-old boy. She goes, she goes, one day that'll be me. <laughs> ah, poor Colby. <laughs> you know, Pastor Jen and I have been uh, in the Triumph realm of churches for a long, long time. And Trinity, Trinity has been a part of the Triumph Network for a long time, whether you know it or not. Uh, Pastor Pastor Gary and Bishop have been friends for many, many, many years. And um, when Pastor Gary was getting ready to retire, he came to Bishop and he said, I want you to take Trinity and make it, make it a triumph. And um, that's what we've done. You know, Paul changed his name. Saul changed his name to Paul. And um, we know him as Paul the rest, pretty much the rest of the Bible after these couple verses. And Trinity's not a evil thing, not a bad thing. It's a great thing. We'll always be Trinity. This isn't like a Paul-Saul kind of deal. Uh, we're always going to be Trinity, but we're part of a bigger family now. And with the bigger family, we have close to 60 employees. Where Trinity before had me and Pastor Jennifer. And so we're now part of a bigger organization. And um, it's, it's a good thing. It's a God thing. And uh, so all of our accounting runs together. And as a church, we, we did a bond issue a couple years ago because we couldn't get cr regular credit to borrow money to build this church. Well, Triumph is a very firm and a very stout organization that has resources uh, unlike Trinity had. And we Triumph has lots of credit. And so in order to refinance this place to go from almost 9% interest to about 3.5-4% interest, we changed our name to Triumph. It's a good thing. You want People ask you, why did you change your name to Triumph? Say, well, we're just part of something new, part of something bigger than ourselves. We joined another, another church. And, uh, you know, there's lots of churches that become four-square churches, they, or they join and they bring their church into the assemblies or so forth and so on. That's what we've done. A triumph is just taken Trinity, wrapped their arms around Trinity, and made it one of their own. And uh, we've been adopted. We have a bigger family now. And that's what has happened. You know, Saul and Paul still look the same. He still had the same mannerisms even after Jesus saved him. I can tell you that right now. He walked the same, but he talked different. He acted different. Something was different about him. We're tribe now. It's not that we're going to look any different than what we've looked over the years. But there are some things that are different. We're, we're part of a bigger, bigger organization uh, we're going to have world-class speakers come in now that would have never came to Trinity because they didn't know who we were. But they come now. Like tonight in Nederland, uh, Cindy Trim's going to be there. Uh, Sunday the 30th, Joseph Garlington's going to be there. Just like last May, we had, uh, we had Mike Hayes right here. Well, I'm sorry, but Mike Hayes doesn't come to our church of our size. He came to our May event, our Triumph Trinity night, because he's now part of our family. He's part of our covering. And there's something about having a covering. We have a covering now, a very large covering. Were I to ever act crazy and bad, they'd yank me out, put you another pastor in there. Lord forbid that ever happened. 
I'm going to be crazy and just bad enough, and uh, they're going to keep me here forever. But we're, we're part of a bigger covering and that has, has big, big resources. There's nothing like being a part of, of a family with resources. Love going home to see my mom and dad. They've got resources. They bless me with all kinds of special stuff. For Christmas, Mom gave me an iPad Pro. Gave me all kinds of cologne and all kinds of good stuff because she loves me. Well, Mom and Dad are trying now. And they have lots of resources and they're going to help us. When we're short, even for years, the year or two before I got here, when we were short on this platform, you can ask David, uh, we need a singer or two to come in. They sent Trump people here. We've been a part of the family for a whole long time. And so... This church needed to be solvent, needed to be able to pay all of its own bills, and the way we do that is by refinancing, and we've started that process already. And uh, we will be a totally, by April, I see us being a totally solvent church, paying all of our own bills, walking into a, a new year, and it's going to be the best year that Trinity Triumph has ever had. I want to encourage you this year to keep your giving strong, keep your attendance strong, and bring your friends, because this is a great place to worship God. I think me and Pastor Jennifer are doing a good job, and um, I think most of my success is her. She brings all the beauty and brings all the brains, too. <laughs> my boys are all straight-A students. I'm glad they took after their mama. And, uh, but we have a great organization here. David and Leanne have served this church faithfully for years. Jerry and Lapita, uh, Ed and Cheryl, Rick and Shelly, and I can go down the list. Alex, Rosie, Alfred, Miss Pat, all y'all are faithful every Sunday. I want you to continue being faithful with us as we continue to build what God has given us. And uh, as we continue to honor Gary and Penny, as we continue to move this thing forward. And uh, we're excited about what God is doing in this place. And I'm excited what God's doing in your lives. Be a part of our, get involved, be a part of our life teams. We do that so that your year can be successful. We set you up to win here at Triumph. Life teams are something we've been doing at the other Triumphs for years. We just bring their systems in and they work. And life teams help you be more than conquerors. They help you overcome things in your life. If you're having issues, you need somebody to talk to, find a dream team leader, lock in with them. Or, or find a life team leader, lock in with them, and let them help you go through life. How many know we shouldn't have to do life alone? Don't. If you're having issues, I am here full-time. Trump pays me to be here full-time just for you because we love this church you've got stuff going on in your life, don't do it by yourself. My goodness, my door is always open. Come not call me, say, Pastor, can I meet with you? And I'll say, hey, how about 2 o'clock? Come see me. I'll always make time for you because you're my number one priority. I am called to be a shepherd. You are my sheep. And shepherds spend time with their sheep. If I don't smell like a sheep, I'm not doing my job. And I'm just being funny and honest, but I am here for each and every one of you. That has been the commitment we got here from day one. 
There's not many pastors that give everybody in the congregation their cell phone number. You want it again? 409-540-0054. You've got my personal cell phone number, and I answer it. If you need me, call me. That's why I am here. That's what we are about. Me and Pastor Jennifer love you. And this year, as a church, I want you to find other people to shepherd. We're four things we do as a church. Okay, y'all ready for these? Y'all ready to write them down? Huh? You ready? I'm going to ask Pastor Jennifer to join me on stage. I'm going to let her tell me what the four things are. <laughs> nah, I knew what Ed was thinking. I want you to meet new people. That's easy, isn't it? Meet new people. Meet new people. That's what we're about as a church. This should be your goal and your focus everywhere you go. Meet new people. Because God's, God's family is about people. We're about saving people that, that we're keeping them from going to hell. I want anybody that I know not going to heaven. I don't care if I have to drag them with me. I want them going with me. And so I want you to meet new people everywhere you go. Second thing I want you to do is I want you to build relationships. Because relationships are key. There's nothing more valuable in your life than relationships. You ask a business owner how important relationships are. Relationships are everything in a business world. Relationships can make you and break you. Ask Matt. He's FLW tournament this year. He made the pros in, in bass fishing. That's what we've been praying for all year long. Give him a hand clap. We have a professional fisherman right here from Angleton on the FL to on Walmart's big tour this year fishing. And uh, he's going to represent us well. He's going to represent our city well. But he needs, he's got to have relationships. You know somebody owns a business that wants to sponsor a fisherman, call him. He needs sponsors. It's not cheap to travel from city to city and fish. And everything they do is off sponsorships and off relationships. So meet new people. Build relationships. Because when you build relationships, you can get people to come to church with you. That's how we grow this thing. That's how we reach more people for God. Okay? So we're meeting new people. We're building relationships. And then I want you to equip everybody you come into contact with. That's why I have life teams. You get them to a life team and you equip them so that they succeed in their year. We want everybody to succeed. I want everybody in life to succeed. It's no fun if we're all doing well and one of our friends or one of our people we go to church with is failing. It's no fun if they're going through life and they're struggling every step of the way. That's no fun. I want everybody around here to be doing great. So we're going to quit people. And number four, we're going to tell everyone what Jesus is doing. Because there's power in our testimony. So what the Word of God says, all of this is biblical. All this is what the Word of God says to succeed in life. I've just taken the Word of God and I've applied it to our church so that we can be successful. Tell everyone what Jesus is doing. He's doing great things. People are getting healed. People are getting touched. Lives are being changed. Our church is growing. Tell everybody you come into contact. You've got to go to church with me this Sunday. My pastor is funny. You've got to tell him that kind of stuff. He's crazy. His wife is pretty and he's ugly. I don't know how he did it, but the favor of God is on his life. 
and you need to come realize that there's something about this place because there ain't no way he marries that without Jesus being involved. Amen? <laughs> Make me want to throw down gang signs right there. <laughs> I don't even know what a gang sign is, praise God. I lived a sheltered life. I'm a country boy. Country boys will survive. <laughs> but uh, me and Pastor Jennifer love you, and we're here for you all year long. And if you need anything this year, we want to stand with you, and we want to walk with you in this new year. That's our commitment to you. If you need somebody to call, call me on my cell phone. I don't care if it's 8 o'clock at night. Ain't nothing happening at 8 o'clock at night anyway except for TV. And I don't like watching that much TV, so call me. I'll talk to you. I got a separate room I can go into that nobody else is in. And uh, so call me. We want to spend time with you. If you need anything, you don't want to talk to me, maybe oh, I won't be in trouble with the big dog. Call David. <laughs> call Jerry. Call Lapita. Call Mike. You know, call somebody. We have a new family with us today. Jeff and Jerry kind of wave at everybody. They're, they're joining our church. They're going to be a part of, part of Triumph here in Angleton. They've been at our Sugarland Church. They've come here to help us. Uh, they are very, very talented. Uh, they can do and Jeff can sing. He can operate sound like I'll get out. He can play drums. He can do it all. Jerry's very talented in media, and she's very organized, and, and uh, everything she does, she does well. Great family. We're glad they've come to be a part of our church here in, in Angleton. It's a good thing about being a part of a big family. And uh, so if you haven't met them, meet them. Uh, Jerry's from Louisiana, and so is Jeff, and they like crawfish and all that good stuff. And, but they are Cajuns, so be careful. <laughs> well, I hope you all have a good year. I hope you have a blessed new year, and I hope you, you draw closer to God. And I pray that the favor of God's on your life this year. Stand as I bless you as we go today. If you need prayer today, the altars are open. Don't forget we have a wedding right after this if you want to be a part. Father, I bless them today. I thank you that your favor is upon them. I thank you that every step they take, Father, this new year, that you're with them. I thank you that every step they take, they do it with you in mind, Jesus, so that you stay with them everywhere they go. I thank you that you live in our hearts, Father. And I thank you the Holy Spirit guides us and takes us new places every day. I thank you, Father, for... A fresh new year that smells nothing like last year, Father, with supernatural blessings and provisions in all this.